Blog Talk Radio. today. We're going to continue our discussion of the destruction of the white race by the elite Jewish media. And if it's not something that you are familiar with, or it's not something you've paid attention to, or or you might believe that what I'm saying is completely ridiculous. Well, like I said yesterday when I was a guest on the Mike Rivero show, what really happened the first thing you have to do is slap yourself, and then if you still don't get it, slap yourself again, because there is a war on for the white race, and it's mostly white, males, southern, and Christian, because they represent the biggest threat to the, well, what a lot of people call the New World Order, or what my good friend, who I miss very much, Mike Piper, who passed away either on May 29th or May 30th. They don't know for sure, unfortunately. An ignominious way to go. Mike was in a motel room. And they found him on May 30th, and they felt that he had passed on prior to when they had found him because of the condition of his body. But somebody had seen him on May 29th, the morning of May 29th, so it may have happened that day. Sadly, we lost a great patriot. We lost a great scholar. And as I told somebody... Recently, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about Mike because of this line of work that we're in. And Mike was a the proverbial font of knowledge when it came to studying the Zionist and Jewish control of the United States. And now it's becoming pretty pretty darn obvious to most people about what's going on. And we have a great guest today. I had him on before, Art Jones, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him in a minute. You're listening to the Overthrow Radio Network here on Blog Talk Radio, and I hope you can hear me over the music. I lowered it quite a bit. Let me tell you about the Overthrow Radio Network. On Mondays, the show History Today with Paul Angel, and I'm on there as well, and that's from... 10 to noon Eastern time. These are all Eastern times. And we've been discussing this issue that we're going to be talking about today, the destruction of the white race and a lot of the lies that the Jewish-controlled 
elite media spreads, has been spreading for decades. Jeez, you know what? It's more than decades because they've controlled the media, the contemporary media, ever since it existed, sadly, uh, save a, a very, albeit for a very short time prior to that, but they didn't control it. But Monday's History Today, 10 to noon, with Paul Angel, with your host, Paul Angel. Wednesdays, you're listening to Who's a Bad Guy with me from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. And these shows may go the entire two hours. They may not. It depends on what's happening. On Fridays, we have Chris Petherick's The Farm, Political News from a Main Street Perspective. That's also from 11 to 1. Again, most of the time, 11 to noon Eastern Time. Chris has some great guests on there, so check that out. And then Sundays, it's not updated here on the website, Overthrow Radio. Dot com, but we have Harvesting Truth with uh, Tara Beth, and that's a new show. That's from 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. So it's a nice way to end your week here in the United States. And let me tell you about our guest here today. Uh, his name is Art Jones, and Art is an active participant in the fight for the preservation for white Western civilization. This, he's been doing this for over 40 years. There's nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. We need more people to do that. Art's political activity began in 1967. And in 1968, he helped put George Wallace on the ballot, going door-to-door, calling on black-owned businesses who resented the weekly extortion payments they made to support the Black Panther Party. Pretty amazing stuff. In 1969... Jones was drafted into the U.S. Army and sent to Vietnam to kill the yellow people as a combat infantryman. Another New World Order war. Jones entered college after his discharge from the Army and became involved with the Young Republicans and was a delegate to the Wisconsin State Republican Convention, later joined the American Party and supported Congressman John Schmitz, whom Wallace designated his successor in the 72 presidential campaign after Wallace was shot. Disgusted by the media blackout of Schmitz's campaign, Jones joined the National Socialist White People's Party, also known as the American Nazi Party, and was that party's candidate for Milwaukee mayor in 1976, where he received more votes than the candidates of the Republican Party, Socialist Workers' Party, and the U.S. Labor Party, but he lost to the incumbent mayor. Jones remained with that party for eight years, and left to form his own organization, the America First Committee. Since then, he has run for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District in Illinois, where he received 33% of the vote, wow, in the Republican primary in 2010. Jones has continued his activism by speaking at rallies and demonstrations all across the South and Midwest, sponsored by groups such as Aryan Nations and the National Socialist Movement. Jones' grandfather was a World War I vet, father was a World War II vet, and his mother was a veteran of the Women's Army Corps, WAC. Jones is Welsh, Scottish, Norwegian, and Swedish, and he's been married to his 100% Irish wife, Patricia, a retired Chicago school teacher, or some people say Chicago school teacher, since 1983. And Art is going to be discussing the upcoming Ku Klux Klan meeting in South Carolina, which he will attend, and he also now is the national chairman of Veterans for Jewish Wars. Art, thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Dave. It's uh, Veterans of Jewish Wars. 
Ah, that's four Jewish wars. That's, well, it's probably <laughs> four, too. What, Art, why don't you tell us about the, you know, you're the national chairman of, of veterans of Jewish wars, and I actually uh, have a cap here uh, for that organization, uh, Veterans of Jewish Wars. Why don't you tell listeners about Veterans of Jewish Wars? Because, because I'm sure you they've heard of and, and you've heard of the organization uh, Jewish War Veterans of, uh, of the United States. Is this something different, Art? It certainly is. Uh, we're exactly the uh, opposite of the Jewish war veterans. We are veterans of Jewish wars. I consider uh, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, and uh, the mess that we have over, going over there in the Middle East all to be Jewish-inspired and Jewish-financed wars. And anybody who served in those wars or anybody who fought the Jews who had opposed those wars in my judgment, is a veteran of Jewish wars. And that includes okay. Klansmen, National Socialist creators, identity uh, people, run-of-the-mill Americans, okay? If you have any uh, knowledge and have actively opposed the Jews, you are a veteran of Jewish wars. Mm-hmm. And how many members are in veterans uh, of Jewish wars? <sighs> oh, I'd say a couple of hundred across the country. Every place I go, I, I pass out those Veterans of Jewish War hats, and, and uh, you know, we uh, basically stand for the same thing. Except the idea was here, uh, I didn't want to interfere with anybody's internal affairs, okay? I, I follow the foreign policy of uh, George Washington, for example. He said, friendly relations with all nations, entangling alliances with none. So I'm the national chairman of the organization but I have friendly relations with as many patriotic organizations uh, as I can possibly reach, and they in turn, uh, you know, have friendly relations with me, and, and that's that's the way I want to be. I don't want to be tied down to any one group and, and make enemies of another group. That's been the bane of this movement all along, is there's too much of this infighting that goes on between various organizations. We're all veterans of Jewish wars if we oppose the domination of the Jews of this country. And, mm-hmm. and I was that's the whole ask, idea behind uh, it. Right, so that's what I was just going to ask. What's, what, what, what are your goals? What's the mission statement of veterans of Jewish wars? What would you like to see happen? I'd like to see every single Jewish uh, power broker, billionaire, media mogul, and political advisor and or political candidate and or elective Jew that's in public office out of power and out of office and I, ideally out of the country. That that attack on Charlie Hebdo. What about your run-of-the-mill Jew, uh, Art? We'll get to Charlie Hebdo. What about your run-of-the-mill Jew? Can they stay? <sighs> it's almost a genetic mutation among that race. Okay, I mean, uh, you know, I've met a couple of good Jews in my time. I worked for one for five years when I was an uh, insurance agent with Mutual of Omaha Insurance. His name was Charles Levy. I think I told that story before. He, he was a fighter pilot in World War II. He fought in Europe, and the Jews tried to get him to uh, train Israeli uh, uh, pilots. And he said, well, how much are you going to pay me? And he said, well, no, we want you to just go there. And he said, listen, i got a family. I can't leave them. He said, I just got done you know, serving four years in the Army Air Corps, you know, and, and they provided for my family if anything happened to me. He said, now, if the Arabs want me to train them, he said, I'll, I'll train them if they'll pay me. So 
you know, I mean, I met Jews like that. Uh, one time I, uh, you know, was very attracted to a, uh, to a Jewish girl while I was in college. But, uh, uh, you know, things didn't work out. There are good Jews. I will only concede that, all right? I'm not going to make a blanket condemnation of all Jews. But I'd say a good 95% of them aren't. They're either capitalists, communists, or some sort of white-collar criminal or, or, or some immoral degenerate. That, that's basically your, your Jewish population. Okay. And, and you were going to mention Charlie Hebdo. What about that? Well, I lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You know, they uh, uh, were attacked by, by uh, you know, the Jews, uh, you know, for uh, their satires and things like that, and and then the Muslims attacked them and so on, you know. So I'm not going to make the mistake of Charlie Hebdo and and uh, and make a blanket statement that it's all this way and it's all that way. Just like Donald Trump. Now he got himself in hot water when he talked about druggists, uh, drug dealers, and rapists and criminal elements coming across the Mexican border. What he said is absolutely true. But they 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 want to uh, leave out the part where he said he said and I assume that some people are good people. Well, I thought that was a very terrible statement, you know, but they don't want to give him any credit for that. They just want to hammer him on what he said about drug dealers. And believe me, he's right on the money. I mean, here in Chicago, for God's sakes, where I live, you know, most of the drug dealers that are rounded up by the Chicago Police Department are Hispanics, and they have ties to the drug cartels in Mexico. So what he said was absolutely true. And we've got a publication here called Who Got Nabbed? And it comes out every single week. And without fail, every single week, it's just filled with hundreds of pictures and stories. It's a tabloid newspaper, a weekly tabloid that has pictures and stories of Mexicans and blacks committing the crimes that have turned Chicago into the jungle that it's become. Okay? The only time you see a white person there is once in a while they have a white woman arrested for prostitution or a white guy arrested for a DUI. But murders and rapes and drug dealing, that is basically the handiwork of the black population and the, the Mexican Hispanic population here in Chicago. Should we get rid of them too, you think? I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying they have to be controlled, okay? Ideally, uh, they would realize, especially the blacks, that, uh, you know, should realize that uh, things just aren't working out the way the liberals uh, promised them. Integration has been a colossal failure all across the country, wherever it's been tried. And as far as the Hispanics, let's talk about, well, we have to uh, uh, realize that the Hispanics are the fastest-growing population in the country, going to surpass the blacks, or even actually have surpassed the blacks in population. And then, so we have to take into consideration, you know, they're going to, to be voting, you know, and the Republican Party is just bending over backwards to kowtow, you know, to the Hispanic vote. The hell with the Hispanic vote. Most of those people can't vote because they're not here legally. And huh. Trump's the only one who has the guts to even say that. If, if it sounds like I'm supporting Trump, Donald Trump at the moment, I am supporting yeah. Donald Trump at the moment. Well, there's a lot of people, I think, who are welcoming 
him because obviously the cardboard cutouts that are getting rich on Capitol Hill and in many of the state houses across the country are not really representing the people of this once great nation. They're representing the little tiny fake illegal nation of Israel, aren't they? Absolutely. I've got an article here from the Chicago Tribune dated June 9, 2015. It says, Presidential hopefuls vie for billionaires back. It's got a picture of here of one of the ugliest-looking Jews I've ever seen in my life, Sheldon Adelson. He's a big casino magnet. But it also mentions Norman Brayman, Larry Ellison, and let's see who else we got in here. Well, there's at least about four or five different Jews in here, and each one of these Republican candidates is just nuzzling up to these Jewish billionaires, you know, to get their support. And what I like about Mr. Trump is that he is his own man. Whether he's got $9 billion or $2 billion, the point is he doesn't need to go crawling to the Jews all the time for financial support. And he said he's going to finance his own campaign. And God bless him if he does. He's already lost a ton of money with all these other organizations that he's involved in, in business contacts and everything. But he's still in the race. And now, according to the latest poll, he's got 17% to Jeb Bush's 14%. And by the way, while we're going to talk about Jeb Bush, okay, I wonder if your uh, listeners are aware that when Jeb Bush was governor of Florida, he took $1.3 million of pension funds from the workers of Florida and invested it in the porno industry. And when he was confronted wow. by, by, by the Hill newspaper, that the, you know, a Beltway newspaper in Washington, they said, well, why did you do that, uh, Governor Bush? And he said, well, as the governor of Florida, I have to make sure that I get the greatest return on our investments. What? You're telling me that's the only place you could put $1.3 million was in a porno industry? I mean, so so much for Jeb Bush. He's not the great... Uh, uh, you know, well, well he, uh, he also said that, that people uh, would say people should be people should be working longer, right? Pardon? He also said that people need to be working longer hours recently. Well, that'd be nice if they had jobs. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, it's amazing. But like when here you in were Chicago, talking about, uh, like let, here in Chicago. Let me just say this before you talk about Chicago. You were talking yeah. about Trump and uh, you know not having to uh, kowtow to the. Uh, to the rich Jews, the billionaire Jews like Adelson, and yeah, he is a he is a uh, a nasty looking uh, organism. Um, but uh, there was a in California, I think it was Proposition 13, if you if you remember that back in 1978, where it was uh, officially named the People's Initiative to Limit Property Taxation, and it amended the uh, California Constitution by means of an initiative process. I believe that was uh, initiated by a wealthy a businessman who didn't have to worry about, like most of these politicians do, they didn't have to worry about nuzzling up and, and cozying, cozying next to these rich billionaires. And of course, they're not all Jews. I mean, there are other people that have money, right? I mean, there's a few, few goyim uh, billionaires. But uh, yeah, I think Trump Trump is offering folks the hope that they could have a, a regular, common. Um, even though he's rich, he you know he can he can talk to the masses. And really, does it matter at this point 
who's the president. I mean, we have this guy in there now who's who really, I mean, it's clear he's he's after the white race. I mean, as I said in the introduction, if you don't know that yet, well, then, you know, there's something wrong with you. I mean, you need to really open your eyes, open your ears, and see what this guy is doing. All right, why don't we go right to uh, right to the KKK, because the KKK is, um, of course, the uh, Ku Klux Klan, right? And you're not right. a member of the Ku Klux Klan, right? No, I'm not a member of the okay. Klan. Uh, I'm not a member of, uh, you know, any, any of those organizations like the League of the South or conservatives, uh, citizens. I've got absolutely nothing against them, but I can only wear so many hats. And the hat I choose to wear at the moment now is Veterans of Jewish Wars. That's, yeah, that's my own organization, uh, the America First yeah. Committee and the Second Amendment Defense Committee. I didn't have a hat for that one left. Well, this, well, Otherwise, this one I would have veterans, sent you one of those, too. <laughs> veterans of Jewish Wars, I like that one. Um the Ku Klux well, the Jews Klan don't. They're really ha- hopping mad about that. No, but, uh, that's all right. no, of course not. The Ku Klux Klan, let me just uh, give the listeners a little bit of background about the Ku Klux Klan. It's not Ku Klux Klan, it's Ku Klux Klan. And it is actually three distinct movements in the United States. The first one sought to overthrow the Republican state governments in the South during the Reconstruction era, especially by violence against African-American or black, you know, I mean, African, I mean, you're what? You're Scotch and you call yourself a Scotch-American or Irish-American, your wife calls herself a, no, you're an American. So black leaders, it ended about 1871. The second was a very large controversial nationwide organization in the 1920s that especially opposed Catholics. And the current manifestation consists of numerous small unconnected groups that use the KKK name. They've all emphasized racism, which let's talk about that in a little bit. Secrecy, okay, and distinctive costumes. All have called for purification of American society and all are considered part of right-wing extremism. Well, I, I'm not even going to read any more about the ADL and the SPLC because, if, again, if folks don't know who these organizations are and why they exist, wake up. Okay, but let's talk about here that this organization, the KKK, emphasized racism, secrecy, and distinctive costumes. Okay, so let's talk about Israel, okay? Does Israel emphasize racism, Absolutely. secrecy, and distinctive costumes? Sure, right? Of course. Right. Of course they do. What's racism, Art? What is racism? Well, first of all, I don't consider the Ku Klux Klan or any other patriotic group that emphasizes white uh, culture to be racist. I call them racialists, okay? And that's what I am. I'm a white racialist, not a white racist. A white racist is somebody that, that just simply has an instinctive you know, hatred of anything that's non-white. It's not based on any scientific knowledge about races. It's just simply, I don't like niggers, and that's the end of it, right? Well, that's not me, okay? I'm able to distinguish between uh, quality people of all races, all right? That's not to say I want to take one out to lunch, but it is to say that, like you said, uh, not all Jews are bad. Well, not all blacks are bad either. Most of, of them not. are. And not, and, and not all whites are bad. But let's just talk about the definition of racism. 
Racism is the belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race. Is, that, well, is there something wrong with that? No, no. No, no, but my not definition is racism. Right. Well, my definition right. is this. A white racialist, of which I am one, is a person who believes in the greatness of his people's past and the destiny of his people's future. That's how I define a white racialist. There's, there's nothing and right wrong now, with that. No. unfortunately, right now, unfortunately, they talk about, oh, this this remark is white supremacist and this uh, organization is white supremacist. It's not a question of white supremacy anymore. It's a question of white survival. We That's are exactly a minority right. in the world. In, when I was in college uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, all right, I had a... Uh, a a course on political science. I majored in political science there. And I was looking up United Nations documents. And in the 1970s, according to a census study conducted by the United Nations General Assembly, okay, at that time, they estimated the number of people in the world who belonged to the white Caucasian Aryan race, all right, was less than 10%. And that was in the 1970s. So what right. could be the population of the white race now? It's shocking yeah, to think about good. it. It's, it's not good. Uh, let's move to this next thing, Art, uh, because I, I'm curious about this. Uh, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, they, they emphasize racism. We know what that is. It's nothing. Not, not being racist. And even if someone is racist, if they say, you know what, I'm white, I really don't want to hang around with blacks, or if a black says, I'm black, I don't really want to hang around with whites, that's fine. I mean, who cares? I mean, most blacks do that. And right. many more blacks do that than whites do that to blacks. But, of course, the Absolutely. the uh, Jewish-controlled elite media would never tell you that. So you've got racism, which is not a problem with that. We've got secrecy. Are, in Israel, are they secret? <laughs> Hell, they've had a nuclear uh, weapons program since they assisted in knocking Kennedy off in the 60s. You know, that, and that's nobody knows understand. about it, right? That's right. what I don't understand about these so-called negotiations that are going on with the Iranians. Why is it every single Republican candidate, every single one, including Donald Trump, are demanding all kinds of inspections for Iran, all kinds of concessions from Iran, all kinds of, of, of uh, you know, unreasonable demands to be met by Iran, but they don't say a doggone thing about the fact that Israel has at least 200 nuclear bombs of their own. They never demand anything from Israel. Israel's laying down the law to our so-called negotiators and laying down the law to our so-called representatives in Congress and saying, you know, we don't like that deal, so kill the deal. All right? But nobody including Mr. Trump, has ever raised the issue about Israel having nuclear weapons. I'd like to see somebody from our side say, hey, let's talk about Israel's nuclear weapons. Why does that little kosher piece of dirt in the Middle East need to have nuclear weapons? They know doggone well that the minute Iran threatened them, we'd be on them like fleas on a dog. And yet... Well, Not one single politician is, is willing to, to d demand that Israel, you know, open up Demona, that's where they have their uh, nuclear facilities, and to inspections. 
I don't understand well, you, you know why, how we right? can claim. Well, I understand why, but I don't understand why we allow it. I mean, we're supposedly fair brokers uh, in this whole controversy. What makes them think we can trust Israel anymore? We can trust the Iranians when Israel has a history of backstabbing and betraying the interests of the United States. That's right, and they spy on us constantly. That's what I mean. That's exactly right. Well, you know, we know why that is, because if you do that, then that's going to open up a, a big can of worms. And well, let's open up that. that big can of worms. Yeah, you want to, I want to, and other patriots want to, but obviously these people in Washington, D.C. are not America first people. They're Israel first people, Right. Yes, that's that's the problem. Yeah. I'm I'm considering. I, I shouldn't bring this up, but I might as well. Now we're on the air. Okay, take advantage of it here. I am still, uh, you know, uh, in the uh, mindset of taking on Senator Mark Kirk, the jerk. Okay, he has come out in support of the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement. He supports, you know everything about the Israeli lobby, including allowing them to go hog wild and attack Iran if they feel like it, and he'd back them up to the hilt with that, all right? He wants a path of citizenship for the illegal aliens. He's right along with Dick Durbin on that one, okay? And he has nothing bad to say about same-sex marriage, and he's a moderate on the gun control issue, Okay. And he's also uh, pro-choice on abortion. So those are the big issues that I would raise, you know, uh, when, and I'm pretty certain I'm going to do it, when I run for Senate this year against Mark Kirk the Jerk. And when, is, so, when are you going to kick off your, um, your campaign? Well... I'm waiting to hear from the State Board of Elections here. They're supposed to send me a candidate's packet that has the appropriate forms and everything. I have to file and everything with the State Elections Board. And uh, then I just go out there and get those signatures. And if anybody in Illinois would like to give me a hand in getting signatures, they can write me at P.O. Box 598, Lyons, Illinois, 60534. I need a minimum of 5,000 signatures to get on the ballot, but I'm going to collect a heck of a lot more than that to stay on the ballot because they will definitely be challenging me. But I've got a lot of ideas, including the fact that I would demand, if I got elected to the Senate, I would demand in the Senate that we demand of Israel to open up for inspections of their nuclear weapons. They don't need nuclear weapons. There's no reason for Israel to have any nuclear weapons that they want to be able to throw their weight around with the threat of using those nuclear weapons. They don't need to throw their weight around. They've got the United States all the time to, to back them. So well, that's one issue that I would really put Kirk right, but, the jerk on the spot for. But they've never used nuclear weapons, fortunately. I mean, besides what they do to the Palestinians regularly, the way they treat them, I mean, have they done anything really bad? <laughs> have they done anything really bad? They're short, uh, short of uh, just uh, almost exterminating the Palestinian people. I guess no, they haven't done anything really bad. And, and owning our government. With, and uh, owning our government. With, with manipulating the system. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the KKK. 
Okay. Because obviously they, well, the first one that we talked about was 1865 to the 1870s. Second one, 1915 to 1944. And the third one is 1946 to the present. And the first clan from the 1860s, 1870s, unknown how many members there were. The second clan, they uh, estimate there were between three and six million members. And it peaked in 1924, 1925. And the third clan, which is now, it's projected that there's between five and 8,000 members in the clan. Now, was that the clan that famous most people hear about and read about in and, and college? And Was that in Skokie, Illinois? Is that where that happened? No, that was not the Our, clan in Skokie. That was, that was uh, Frank Collins' uh, National Socialist Party of America the, that half Jew full-blooded queers that was uh, threatening to no, march in Skokie. No. Where was, what, happened, what happened in... Um, in Illinois with the Klan. Anything? Yes, there was a... Well, there's still some people that, that, that call themselves Klansmen, but I've never seen any uh, any rallies around this area anymore. Uh, we used to have rallies in Marquette Park, and uh, there was a guy by the name of uh, Ed Novak that was the... Uh, in, I won't say the Imperial Wizard. He was the... Uh, um, he had Nighthawk, I think, his position. And then there was a guy named... Uh, uh, Kim Badinsky, who was uh, the state coordinator for the Klan at that time, was led by David Duke. And uh, then uh, Mr. Duke decided that uh, he wouldn't want wasn't want to be a Klansman anymore. He was going to be a Louisiana state senator. And then after he got elected to state senator, they decided, well, you know, I served a couple of months in the Senate. I think I'm going to run for president. And that's where he screwed up big time. Uh, then he decided to come back and run for governor, and he screwed up even more. So, But uh, anyways, when they broke with Duke, they joined a short-lived National Socialist Organization here in Chicago, of which I was the vice chairman of at the time, uh, called the New American Nazi Party, headed by a guy named Jim uh, Burford, uh, who has since passed on. He died from cancer here uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and then they went back to the Klan, headed by Tom Robb out of uh, Arkansas. And uh, then uh, Mr. Novak uh, went downstate in Illinois, got in a fight with some Mexicans down there, and a Mexican got stabbed, and he came up here, and he wrote a letter of resignation uh, to Mr. Robb, saying he wants nothing more to do with the Ku Klux Klan or any racialist organizations, and he just kind of dropped out of sight, and that was the end of organized Klan activity here in the Chicago area. Now, I understand there's another Klan group uh, farther south, almost to the end of the state there, headed by a guy by the name of uh, Frank Ancona. Uh, I don't know much about the man. I've never met him. Uh, But he passed out some uh, literature here in uh, Orland Park and Tinley Park area. And uh, that's about the extent of, of the Klan activity here. Now, the Klan that I'm going to be involved with this Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina, is a group known as the Loyal White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan of North Carolina. And uh, its uh, leader is a gentleman by the name of Chris Barker. And uh, he invited me down there to give a, a talk. And I'm going to defend the Confederate flag 
as not just a regional symbol anymore. It has surpassed its uh, regional symbolism, and I consider the Confederate flag as a national symbol of white resistance to everything that is absolutely wrong in this country. The people of the South were the last bastion of white Christian resistance, and that's why they targeted the South and why they were looking for an opportunity to take down that flag because it was a symbol to the Jews and the blacks and the queers that, you know, showed that there was white resistance to their agenda. Well, up north here in Illinois, okay, I have a Confederate flag, and other people I know have Confederate flags, and we consider that a symbol of white resistance. It's a resistance against race mixing. It's a resistance against the uh, treasonous trade treaties that have put uh, good white people out of work. It's a resistance to the flood of illegal aliens that are pouring into this country. It's a symbol of resistance against same-sex marriage and transgender uh, freaks, uh, you know, that uh, want to infiltrate our armed forces. It's resistance to these treasonous, costly, unwanted, unnecessary, unconstitutional, unending wars in the Middle East that this two-party, Jew-party, queer-party system has involved our country in, okay? And that's basically what I've got to say about the Confederate flag. It's a flag well, of national right. resistance. Pardon? Well, you're, you're right. You're right, Art. And and here's the the funny thing is is that you know you you mentioned the Jews, the blacks, the queers, and some other people. Well, if you if we just use different words for that, if we if you said well the African Americans, the Jewish Americans, and the homosexual Americans. Oh, that's a that's, lot of, of politically correct. No, no. No, you know, I know, but what I'm saying crap, is, is you know, that, I, I, yeah, right, I don't, I, right, but, right, but what I'm saying is, is that you, what you're saying might might disgust a lot of people, those types, and it might turn well, off a lot. Well, people that be disgusted people. by what I'm saying are people that 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 are never going to give well, a hand to to preserve white civilization. That's right, but the point is, is that here you're you're talking you know as a regular person and you're you know if if they said well the the whites and uh, the christians and the straight people you know you're just using the reverse of that there's really nothing wrong with it it's just that the way that we've been trained by the jewish controlled elite media well is they didn't to train me a reaction no that's right well thank goodness <laughs> but you you know you're you're in the minority uh, you know the great minority, as are as is the white race, and if whites especially, because it's not so much anybody else but the whites. The whites need to stand up and defend the white race, because if the whites don't do it, then I'm afraid. I know well, there's not going to be anybody else who's going to do it, obviously, and they're relishing they're relishing how whites are being. Put on the spot. Obviously, they, we talked about this before. They still have, or still have, they have college courses where you could talk about white privilege and get get credits for it. I mean, they have seminars. There, there's a video coming out. I don't know if you saw it about white guilt on MTV by this illegal alien. Yeah, I seen the illegal alien on on uh, Fox News or on CNN, rather. I think it was. Okay, but it's pretty amazing how how blatant they are. 
here, here, here's the thing, okay? The reason why Donald Trump is so popular is because he doesn't engage in all this politically correct, you know, uh, Marxist claptrap that all these other gutless politicians do. He calls it as he sees it, and he uses colorful language and expressions and, and mimicry and so on and so forth to get his point across. I am the same way, okay? I didn't go to the Trump School of Diplomacy. You know, I learned it the hard way, okay? I'm not a William F. Buckley to give big, uh, you know, uh, $2 words when when a nice short little, uh, uh, you know, verb or noun will, will do the job for me, okay? And quite well, frankly... Well, that's, that's what I was saying. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think uh, the average white person appreciates that, too. When I When I went out the last time I ran for Congress... I just told people where I stood. I said, you know, I said, these these treasonous trade treaties are putting people out of work. I said, these costly no-win wars, I said, are are just a total waste of time and money and lives. And, and, you know, and they agreed with me. And I had no trouble getting the signatures. And and I've got a big task ahead of me again uh, to to collect the 5,000-plus I'm going to need to get on the ballot here. But once I'm on the ballot... You think I'm bad now? <laughs> Wait until oh, you get <laughs> Well, what I mean is, you know, proper conduct here or something, or, or uh, you know, uh, being less than politically correct. You know, you know where that political correctness came from? It came from a us. Jew that was driven out of National Socialist Germany, okay, by the name of Herbert Marcuse. And he settled down in California at the University of California Berkeley campus there, and he started preaching this political claptrap. And he put out a book called uh, Repressive Tolerance. And in that book, he laid out the whole doctrine of political correctness. And he said, anything on the right, no matter how moderate, he says, smash it before it gets organized in thought, word, deed. Don't let it happen, but anything on the left, let it rip, okay? And that's what these politicians are doing. They're following the dictates of Herbert Marcuse. Oh, we can't say this, we can't say that, we can't use this word, we can't use that word. Now some idiot out in California, she's a a politician out there, a a congressional politician, I believe, a, a congress lady, okay? She says we shouldn't be allowed to use the terms husband and wife. Come on. This wow. is absurd. Wow. This is absolutely absurd. Wow. They're but rewriting probably, our, our, our entire work. language for us, and our thought processes yes. are, are being rewired That's right. according to the political dictates of some Marxist Jew, you know, that has long since died, thank God, okay? Well, how do you spell, how but do you his spell thoughts his last live name? on. How do you spell Pardon? this guy's last name? How do you spell his M-A-R-C-U-S-E, last name? M-A-R-C-U-S-E, Herbert Marcuse. Okay. Herbert Marcuse. I, Let me look up this. Herbert file. Marcuse. I, I read his uh, his book in college. Oh great! Read the essay called "Repressive Tolerance." Hey, his birthday's coming up in four days. Whose? Uh, Herbert's birthday. Uh, he was born in oh, eighteen ninety-eight. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, darn. There you go. Yeah. Mm. That's the internet art, <laughs> you know. I that's mean, it's the fast. internet. Yeah, that's so the internet. Tell, uh, that's it. Let me just give uh, some listeners, if they want to call in, 
the number I'd here. I'd love to talk to some target. people. Yeah, well, let me give them the number here, and then uh, if they want to call in, they're more than more than welcome to. Uh, Don't be shy, three, folks. Four, yeah, <laughs> three four seven two one five. Seven two nine two three four seven two one five seven two nine two. If you want to call in and ask Art any questions, so this meeting when, when is that starting in South Carolina tomorrow? No, sir. It's going to be Saturday, July eighteenth, in Columbia, South Carolina. That's the capital of South Carolina. We've got a permit from the state of South Carolina. And, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, holding this rally at, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And okay, we and where is it? Columbia, South Carolina, at the Capitol. No, no, I, I know the Capitol. All right, all right, I know in Columbia, but where in Columbia? Capitol. Oh, right there. Right Ooh. there. Ooh. Right that there is at the state be. capitol. Now, I'll tell you, this <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was the uh, the mandatory evacuation alarm uh, oh. that they're going <laughs> to ring <laughs> when you guys <laughs> when you guys go there. Well, wow. I I I'm encouraging people, you know, I don't know how many people are are listening to the show that live within a couple hundred miles of Columbia, South Carolina, well, but please. Let me find out. Let me find out, folks, how many out there are. Clap your hands if you're uh, listening from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Right. We've got a good number. Wow. Good number of them. Yeah, yeah, so not bad. So uh, go ahead. You want to encourage them to, to show up there? Absolutely. Show up there, and and if you have it, uh, you know, display a Confederate flag. If not, show up and uh, and wave the American flag. But show did you up. Hear the family that was displaying their Confederate flag on their property, and somebody pulled into their driveway and pulled a gun on them. That I didn't hear about. But interestingly yes. enough, as I was researching this thing, uh, the former. His name was, uh, what the heck, I've got his name here someplace. The former president of the North Carolina chapter, the NAACP, was uh, shown wearing a Confederate Army uniform, waving a Confederate flag, a black guy. And he was a member of Sons of Confederate Veterans. And he said, that flag, he said, is not a symbol of racism. It's a symbol of Southern heritage. Okay. And a lot of people aren't aware of that fact that a lot of blacks fought in the Confederate Army. Okay. So how could it possibly be a symbol of racism when you have blacks fighting under the same flag? They were defending their homeland. They were defending the property they had. And Sherman and and all his uh, foreign-born goons came in there and just totally devastated the land. I mean, it's just incredible. I just got done reading an account of Sherman's, you know, burning of Atlanta. And also then they went north to Columbia, and they burned 90% of Columbia down. So, yeah, well, and by the way, that flag was raised in 1961 over the state capitol to commemorate 
the 100th anniversary of the start of the Civil War. It wasn't put down there to put down blacks or anything. It was put down there to commemorate the anniversary of the Civil War. So yeah, that's another lie uh, that Jews media have, have been spreading. Of course. I mean, look, even even the simple fact that, and you know, you and I are familiar with it, but so so few people are. Just to look at it in this in this light, that 650,000 white men died in slavery. How many blacks died to end slavery? I don't know. Right. I mean, was it 650,000? Of course not. Absolutely not. Nowhere near that. Right. 650 maybe? Okay. Well, I don't know. But how many Irish were slaves recently? How many slaves well, exist today? In the in the account, in the account, and I will send a copy of of this paper, okay? Uh, it's got a beautiful account of the uh, what's called the Southern Holocaust, and it's in the newspaper called the First Freedom. I've got 200 copies that were sent to me by the publisher of the paper, Olaf Childress, okay? And I will send a copy of this paper to anybody who writes me at P.O. Box 598, and you can read all about the Southern Holocaust what the North did to the South during the Civil War. It's out, absolutely outland, uh, out, you know, I just can't uh, put it into words, the horrors that, that was visited upon the Southern people. And my dad is from Alabama, by the way, okay? And I've got seven uncles still living and two aunts and probably about 60 or 70 cousins down in the state of Alabama and scattered through Mississippi and, and, uh, and, and that part of the South. But that's not why I'm defending the Confederate flag. I'm defending the Confederate flag because, as I said before, it's a symbol now of white resistance nationwide. Okay? When you see that symbol, whether it's on a flag or it's on a hat, I have a Confederate hat that I was wearing all over the uh, you know, town this week. Okay? And nobody, nobody said a thing about it. It's got a nice big Confederate flag right on the front. And nobody bothered me. I went into jewel food stores and uh, and shopped. I went into a, a Barnes and Noble bookstore in Oak Brook and uh, bought uh, the latest uh, book by uh, Ann Coulter, Ideos America, about the illegal immigration problem. No one said a word, okay? I went and got gas, run up by a, a, a Mexican down the street here. It used to be run by a Chinese lady, but she sold out to the Mexicans, all right? So now I get gas at a Mexican-run service station. Nobody said a thing about it, okay? So, I mean, this idea that it's a symbol of racism, I'm offended by it, that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, it's, I read all, a story it's, that, all instiga- it's instigated by the Jewish-controlled elite media, of course. I, I, read a, I read a story in the Chicago Sun-Times about some woman who claimed her great-grandfather was captured by the Klan, and they wrapped his body in the Confederate flag and then laid him on the railroad tracks alive, waiting for a train to come. What a bunch of garbage. No Klansman would ever dishonor the Confederate flag by doing something like that. And, and uh, you know, so she, she obviously must have been reading Tales from the Holocaust or something by Eli Wiesel to come up with that one. Right. Well, uh, so, and by the way... I highly recommend, if you can get a hold of it, a two-volume study, a two-volume study called The Secret Relationships of Blacks and Jews 
that was commissioned by Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. And in that book, they lay out the facts about slavery in this country, okay? The ships, the owners, the buyers, and the slave owners, Jews, 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 Jews. (laughs) Surprise. Well, the thing is, it's not taught that way. They want to put this all on the white people, the very very Jewish uh, descendants of those slave owners and those people that owned the, the, the shipping lines and the people that, 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 that bought and auctioned the slaves, okay? Their descendants are the very same Jews now that made such a hullabaloo about white racism and the Confederate flag should come down. What That's utter right. hypocrisy. Yep. Now, I'll That's tell right. you what's and a the symbol fellow. of hatred. I'll tell you what's a symbol of hatred. The Israeli flag. That is a symbol of hatred. That is a symbol of unquestioned racism against every non-Jewish person in the world. We're goyim to the Jews. We are the cattle with no human rights, no civil rights, no political rights, no property rights. Okay? That's racism, you know, unleashed. It's unleashed on the Palestinian people. It's unleashed on the people of Iraq and Afghanistan. It's unleashed on the American people here. That is a flag that does not deserve any respect. That is a flag of hatred. That is a flag that hates anything moral, anything decent, anything Christian. That is a flag that should be that is a flag that should be torn to pieces. You're right. I can't argue. And you might just see me do that in South Carolina, by the way. Oh, is that going to be videoed? Well, it'll probably be news media down there. Did you say news or Jews? <laughs> well, Jews media, news media, one and right, the same. same thing. All right, great. And is there anything on the web about this at all? Well, I'm sure that, well, if you go to Loyal White Knights of the Klan on, on the inter, internet, I'm sure they'll have it up there. It's, it Let should, me find it be on the, Hold on. Right. What, what is it? Royal, Royal, Royal Knight. White Knights. Loyal. 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 White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, Loyal White Knights of South Carolina, I guess, right? Actually, they're located in North Carolina. Oh, Knights of the KKK. Let's see what we got here, Art. This is live. We're doing this live here. Okay, there they are. Loyal White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. All right. Uh Uh-oh. Don't tell me I'm not going to be able to get to this website. Oh, there it is. The largest clan in America. Loyal White Knights want you to say no to cultural genocide. And here it is. And they're playing a song there. And, hey, that's funny. That's um, <laughs> You can't tell they're trying to wipe us out of the history books. People seem to forget that black people and even the Cherokee nations fought for the South. Tell this cultural Marxist government they better not dare to dishonor our ancestors' graves. Well, again, and I've said this before, that if you know if someone would have said this to me, a while ago, I would have been like, what are you, nuts? I mean, but this is absolutely true. And if, uh, if people, if you don't wake up, then uh, say goodbye to what's happening. And here's the website. It's KKK Knights, which is K-N-I, 
GHTS.com. I imagine this is it because it's in uh, Pelham, North Carolina. That's and, it. Um, you know, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll provide this link here on the, um, on the website. It's playing some music. I don't know how to stop it. But, um, and if you would, uh, put my post office box on there, too, for, for folks in case they didn't get it. Yeah, why don't you give that again, Art? Okay. Uh, you can write me. <clears throat> excuse me. You can write me at uh, Veterans of Jewish Wars, P.O. Box five nine eight, Lions. That's L Y O N S, Illinois six zero five three four. Or just simply write my name, Art Jones, if you don't want to put the uh, the organization there, and I'll get it. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well. <laughs> And I'll send them a copy of this paper, uh, the First Freedom newspaper, uh, which has a wonderful, uh, detailed story about the uh, absolute uh, butchery of of, uh, of Southerners by the North. And by the way, the Northern armies. Okay, a lot of people are under the impression that oh, white people just just were hot to trot to go fight, uh, you know, for for Black liberation. That wasn't so. What happened was that the crown princes of Europe, they seen an opportunity to get rid of all their prisoners. And they sent them over here, 764,000 inmates from the prisons and dungeons of Europe were shipped to America and enlisted in the Union Army under the promise that they would be given land and citizenship if they fought in the north against the south. And a lot of these guys that, that butchered and, and raped and, 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 and plundered the south didn't even speak a word of English, but they wore that Yankee blue. Mm-hmm. And that was courtesy of the great emancipator Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, when is that uh, monument coming down? When are they going to go after Lincoln? Probably never, by the, right? By the way, the NAACP of Georgia is now demanding that Stone Mountain, Georgia, be blasted. Now, that is a uh, national what, what? monument, Stone Mountain, Georgia. They've got uh, uh, big, huge sculptors, sculptures of, of Robert E. Lee and uh, Stonewall Jackson. And what's the other one? Um, well, there's three big Confederate, and Jefferson Davis on Stone Mountain, <laughs> Georgia. Big. It's just like. It's just like. Uh, uh, oh, what the hell? The mountain in in uh, in the in the Dakotas. Uh, you yeah, know the one that has Jefferson Mount, Mount Rushmore. Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore, just like Mount Rushmore. Only this, it, that's probably the inspiration for Mount Rushmore was uh, what was uh, carved in the mountain in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where the Klan used to have their their big meetings there, but the land was was bought. I understand, I believe the picture of, of was Charles Levy, uh, which is a, a Jewish, or no, Rubloff, Charles Rubloff, or no, Arthur Rubloff, here in Chicago, bought the bought that land and, and took it away from the Klan. So they can't hold meetings anymore there in Stone Mountain, Georgia. But hmm. now the NAACP says that beautiful, you know, sculpture carved into the mountain there, they want that blasted off. They also want to dig up yeah. the grave... Of, of Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was a great heroic, uh, you know, leader in the in the in the South, and he's also uh, you know one of the founders of the Klan. Okay, and also 
at General Beauregard in Louisiana, the mayor of Louisiana, a race trader named Landrew, okay, he wants a statue of General Beauregard, which sits in a park on a horse, okay, he wants that statue removed. So this is the new reconstruction all over again. Anything right. of white cultural historical value, the blacks and the Jews are demanding it's got to come down. Any moral, uh, uh, you know, objections to same-sex marriage, that's got to be swept aside. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. White people have got to get mad. They've got to got to feel a passion, a a and and be enraged at this attack upon white Western Christian civilization. And you've got to show up there in, in, in South Carolina and show your rage, your anger, your your your, your disgust at, at the cowardice of, of the of the, the, the legislature of South Carolina and particularly that Governor Haley, that, that Indian wog. You know, she's an Indian. She's not not American Indian, uh, Asian Indian. Just like uh, Bobby Jindal in Louisiana is an Indian. What is happening in this country? We're electing Indians all of a sudden. We've got a guy that's going to run for Congress here in Illinois. He's an Indian. I mean, Indians what is are this? people too, my good, my good man. This, this These is are Americans too. Art, I want to thank you for coming this, on today, and um, let's have you on again and uh, hear what happened in South Carolina. Can we do that? Absolutely, if I survive. <laughs> But please, people, come out there and join us. Show us, you know, that you support the, 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 the struggle for the preservation of white Christian civilization. That's what the struggle is all about. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Art. Have a good one. Folks, thanks for listening. Tune in okay. on Bye-bye. Friday. Or take care, Art. Tune in Friday for Chris Petherick's show, Farm. And Sunday for Tara Beth's show, Harvesting Truth. And Monday again, Paul Angel's show, History Today. And it is Wednesday, a couple minutes after 11 here, Central Time. In the Florida Panhandle. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the music and see you soon.